Welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today, we believe that this sermon Welcome will be a blessing to our channel. To you as well as, as you take time family. to listen to God's word today, we believe that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. From 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. We're going to read it together, church. Is that okay? Right? Shall we read it together? Let's go. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. You might be seated. Father, we give you all the glory and honor. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us. Father, we give you all the glory and honor this morning. And Lord, we know that you are a risen Savior. And Lord, you are more than able to touch our lives, turn our lives, transform us into, into what you want us to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. The title of my sermon this morning is all in or all out turn to the person who's sitting next to you look at them and tell them you look fantastic this morning if they're wearing a suit tell them you look sharp <laughs> that's great now look at them again and tell them you are either all in or all out You know, have you gone shopping where, you know, you spend about 2000 or 3000 and you go to the cash counter and you are about to pay. And as you're standing there to pay, behind the cash counter, they will have some things that is wrapped like a gift. You'll either see a suitcase, you'll see a big cooker, or you'll see a, a, a traveling bag, but there's a ribbon on it. And, and your eyes kind of glance on it. And as you're paying, your eyes kind of glance, oh, what is that? Why do they have it there? And immediately you'll see the cashier looking at you, go, sir, you spent 3,000, but if you can spend just another 1,000, what you're looking at is yours. <laughs> have you experienced that? Yes. It is that moment where you decide whether you're all in or you're all out. All the all-in people, I want more, okay, just a thousand, and you're like, hey, go find another shirt for a thousand rupees and come. Right? And you go pick another shirt, and then you're like, ah, I got extras. Or you'll be that person that says, nothing doing. I'm happy with what I've bought. <laughs> yes, that's my people right there. They'll, they'll try to tempt me with as much as things as I can. I said, I have fixed a budget. This is all I'm going to spend. And they hate people like that. <laughs> they don't like it. You probably wake up in the morning. You're this kind of person who starts the day by making your bed. And you have it all set. Then you go onto the kitchen. You, you do things that needs to be done there. Then you sort out. So you, you are this person who sorts out one thing at a time. 
and your day starts like that and you're an all-in person. And this is another category of person. They start the day by kicking the bed sheet out of the bed and can't be bothered to pick it back up. And they slowly find their way into the bathroom. They'll find some brush, hoping it's the toothbrush. <laughs> and they put paste on it and they start brushing their teeth. Because their eyes are still closed. And they stroll their way back into the world and start their day. You're either all in or you all out. You come across many facts, many things that you watch on the news. And you look at it, you read it. Sometimes you're skeptical about it. Sometimes you don't believe it at all. When it comes to Resurrection Sunday, when it comes to believing that Jesus is a risen Savior, the question that I want to ask everybody who is here, and I believe most of you are saved, and if you are a newcomer and if you have not uh, experienced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can skip this question. But this question is for everybody who is saved and accept Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is our resurrected King 100% completely? Because there cannot be a 50-50 on that. You're either all in or you're all out. If Jesus rose from the dead, you either have to believe it or you don't believe it. There's no in between. In Corinthians, the Corinthian church in chapter 15, they're kind of struggling about the resurrection of Jesus and Paul is affirming the church that our Savior is risen that's what we read in verse 3 and verse 4 say if I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scriptures said Timothy Keller, uh, a pastor in New York, he beautifully writes this. He writes this in his book to the skeptics, to the ones who don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus or believe in Jesus at all, or they don't believe in God at all. He writes these lines to them. He says, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then, you, then why worry about anything that he said? Because if you believe that Jesus Christ rose again on the third day and he's the risen Savior, it means that we as a child of God should believe everything that he says because that's the truth. But if you are 50-50 about the resurrection, you don't have to worry about anything that he said. The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. In other words, the resurrection of Jesus Christ demands faith from people. In other words, if you believe that Jesus Christ is our risen Savior, it demands action for us to follow him 100%. 
If you believe in the Good Friday, if you believe in the Resurrection Sunday, and if you know that Jesus Christ died for your sins and He rose again, then you need to start living like it and not just talking like it. Are you all with me, church? Are you all with me? Many of us, we talk about the resurrection, but we find it hard to live in the resurrection. I want to be practical this morning because you all know the story of how Jesus died, why he died, and why he rose again on the third day. And we all have some level of faith, but I want to make Resurrection Sunday practical to you. Like I said, either you're all in or you're all out. You're all in or you're all out. And I want to challenge you, church, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, it is important that you live under the resurrection power every day in your life. You can't just talk it, you need to walk it. You can't just make it theoretical, you need to live it out in faith. Sometimes we talk about Jesus, we say we are a Christian, we talk about Jesus, but we live like as if we don't know him. We live like as if he's not with us. We live and we talk words of unfaithfulness and we speak and we pray prayers of doubt and we pray like as if you don't believe in the resurrection while he's still our risen savior. Luke chapter 24, let's go to the New Testament. Luke chapter 24, verse 6 it says, He is not here, he is risen. Now this is the angels talking to the women who went looking for Jesus early in the morning. They went to do their traditions. In Luke chapter 24, in the first three uh, verses, you will find these women so faithful with the right intentions on Sunday morning, on the first day of the week, they go to a tomb where they can go and, and do some rituals and do some traditions for the dead. So now you've got to understand this story. You've got to look at it from their perspective. Because these women, when they go there, they're not looking for an empty tomb. They're looking for a closed tomb. They're looking for Jesus to be still buried inside the tomb. They're looking for Jesus who, are st who is still lying where he's supposed to be lying. Many people today approach Jesus the same way these women are approaching him on a Sunday morning. Many of us, we know that Jesus is alive, but we still come with our religious mindset to worship him. We still come with a traditional mindset to worship Him. We still come with a mindset to say, if I can do this for Jesus, He will love me more. Can you earn the love of Jesus by what you can do for Him? Have you ever tried that? The thing is, we actually try without us knowing. The religious mindset creeps into our hearts, creeps into our mind, without us knowing. Sometimes you give to God, you give offering, 
Sometimes you, you, you are, you're constantly attending church and you have a good attendance. You're maintaining a good attendance in everything. You wholeheartedly start serving Jesus and do various ministries. And at the end of the year, you're kind of sitting there with an expectant heart for God to put tick in all the requests that you have. And then you go through it and then you realize the more you did things for Him, the list has gone longer. Your challenges have become stronger. Your pain has doubled. And a lot of times, many people wonder why and they start thinking or imagining, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And let me tell you, if you ever give to God, attend church, or do ministry for God in a religious mindset to say, if I do all this for Him, I have a special place at his heart. Then you are just like these women who are coming with a dead person's mentality. You're coming to church not to worship a living God, but you're coming to church still with the old covenant mentality, still with a dead mentality to say that I am going to be religious about this. But what God has done for us is beyond religion is that He is a risen Savior, He's a risen King and He wants to have a relationship with you and I. Which means that the Christian life that you and I that we live is not about what we do for God, is what we get to do in God. Can I say that again? It's not about what you do for God. Your giving is not for Him. You coming to church is not for Him. You serving in ministry team is not for Him. You preaching the gospel or sharing the good news to others is not for You get to do it because God chose you in the first place. Paul says, while we were yet sinners, He died for us. It's funny to me when, some, when I invite some people to church, and they're like, oh, I'm not ready to come to church, pastor. I'm like, why? Why are you not ready to come to church? I, I, I'm not that holy. Uh, you know, I need to pray. I need to pray a little bit more. Uh, my, my sins, I need to, I, it needs to be sorted before, before I come. Before I come. And this is the sad part because the reason they say that is because we have changed church into that. We have changed church into a perfect place. Now let me tell you something. Church is not a perfect place. It's a place for the broken ones. If you're going to go to the hospital and look for people who have no sickness, then you're in the wrong place. And if you're going to walk to uh, any church and you look for perfect people, you're in the wrong place. I'm going to ask you to do something now and I want you to do it wholeheartedly. Can you give me a thumbs up? Right? Can you turn to the person next to you? Look at them. Look into their eyes and tell them I'm the most messed up person that you can ever meet.
Now again, look at them and tell them. Come on, look at them and tell them. You're, now you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what is coming next. You're all, you're all like, <laughs> he's going to spit out some truths and I don't want to say it. No, trust me, trust me, it's getting better. Okay, again, look at them and tell them, I'm the one who is saved by grace the most. Amen. Do you believe that? If you are listening to this message and if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you have accepted Him long time ago but you felt that you have walked away from God today is the day that you can actually turn back to Him. You might feel like you are completely messed up you don't have to fix your mess to come to Jesus. That's his part. He's asking you to come just as you are. Just as you are. He's ready to wipe you clean. He's ready to hug you. He's ready to tell you, you are my son, you are my daughter and I love you. And he's ready to change and transform your life. There's no sin in your life that is powerful than the grace of God. There's nothing that you can ever do where God will say, I'm going to stop loving you. Nothing. He's seen it all. He knows everything. But if you can walk to him and say, Jesus, I need your grace. That is all he wants to hear. There was a beautiful line in that spoken word that it said, My son, my daughter, do not worry. Daddy has won over death. Daddy has won over death. Your Abba Father, your Heavenly Father, your Father Himself has conquered death for you and I. Which means that we are called to live under His divine protection. You see, many of us, we are walking to our pain, we are walking to our suffering, we are walking to our problems as if the stone is still in front of your problem. But let me tell you something. When these women, when they walked to the tomb, the stone was already rolled away. The stone was already rolled away. Many of us, we are praying for the stone to roll away. But can, if you want to be all in, if you need to live like Jesus is actually risen, you shouldn't be praying for the stone to roll away. You should be praying and thanking God, saying, Thank you, Lord, my stone is already rolled away. Thank you, Lord, I already got my victory. Thank you, Lord, I am healed and I am set free. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me in my present and in my future. Thank you, Lord, I am not trapped in my guilt from the past, but I will walk in the grace in the present and walk into the future all that God has promised for my life. All I need to say is thank you, Lord, for doing this because he said it is done. It is done. It is done. It is done in the name 
of Jesus. Is your prayer all in or all out? Is your Bible reading all in or all out? Is your spiritual walk with God all in or all out? What sort of mindset do you have when you follow Jesus? What sort of mindset do you have when you follow Jesus? Are you worshipping a dead God? Or is your Jesus alive? When you pray for your children, can you know that Jesus actually has the future of your children secured in his hand? Can you know that please? I know as parents it's hard and you take burden. But let me tell you something. It might not look like the way they are behaving right now. It might not look like you know, Jesus is in control over their lives. That's including my daughter. Pray for her salvation. She talks too much. It might not look like what will happen, you know, what is about to happen in the future. Uh, you don't mind, it might not feel like God is in control, but let me tell you something. As long as the tomb stays open, the stone is rolled away, your prayers are not going into the tomb, it's going to a living God. You're not at a funeral service to meet Jesus. You're at a resurrection service to meet Jesus. You are not there with a Good Friday attitude, you are there with the Resurrection Sunday attitude. Which means that you are at your best in everything that you do because Christ is risen and He is there for you. He is listening to all your cry. Maybe you are skeptical about Jesus, that is okay. Maybe you are a Christian atheist, that's okay. Let me repeat that again. Maybe you are a Christian atheist. I have met many Christian atheists in my life in the past five years. They're born in Christian homes, but they still doubt if God exists. I know, I know you, I hear your heart. Because there are some things that has happened to you in your life that you're now doubting God. Now you're doubting the existence of God. You're now doubting because of your suffering. God hears your heart. Even if you doubt Him, He will draw near you. He'll draw near you. He'll draw near you. In the midst of your doubts, he will try to talk to you and tell you, my son, my daughter, I know you don't believe in me, but until you believe, until your eyes are open, I am going to stand by. I'm going to keep knocking at the door of your heart. When you let me in, I will come. And the only way you can be all in or all out is by taking a step of faith. It takes faith to follow Jesus. It takes faith to accept the divine intervention into your life. Many of us, I know you're going through troubles. I know you're going through suffering. I know you have a lot of questions in your life. I know you have a lot of questions about tomorrow. But can I tell you something? Don't look for earthly solution when there is a divine intervention ready for you. Let me say that again. Don't look for an earthly solution when there is a divine intervention ready for you. In other words, no matter which school you put your child in, no matter how expensive it is, don't expect them to fix the soul of your babies. Don't expect them, don't give authority for the school or your education or your job or your salary or anything that you do in life 
don't give any of those things authority over your life to change you and transform you because let me tell you something it will all end up in disappointment because you are not called to live an earthly life you're called to live a supernatural life with a supernatural God Amen. you are called to live a life with the risen Savior who is your king and he has divine solutions for your problem divine solutions for your problem divine solutions for your problem divine solutions come from the throne of God it comes from God himself that is why we pray Lord here on earth as it is in heaven can we all say that Lord here in my house as it is in here in my life as it is in here in this church as it is in do you believe do you believe that you can experience that right now in your life if you take a step of faith don't look for earthly solutions don't tie and bind your heart to earthly people earthly solutions because God has a divine intervention for your life you see in first Corinthians from chapter 12 Paul is starting to address this tell me this since we preach that Christ rose from the dead why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection of the dead for if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ has not been raised either and if Christ has not been raised then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless and we apostles would all be lying about God for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave but that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ has not been raised if Christ has not been raised then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins in that case all who have died believing in Christ are still lost and if our hope in Christ is only for this life watch this if our hope in Christ is only for this life we are more to be pitied than any more in the world Woo. if our hope is just for the life that we live here on earth and not for the life that is to come because the resurrection changes everything there is only one person who's got his tomb that is empty there's only one person here on earth who left his tomb empty and resurrection is the only thing that makes Christianity as the way the truth and the life Jesus is not an opinion Jesus is not a God among other gods Jesus is the only God are you saying then everything else is a lie yes absolutely absolutely and I would say that boldly and and this is not to offend anybody 
truth can only be one. If there are ten truths, it's called opinions. Bible is not opinions. It's the truth. And truth is absolute. And that's why Jesus says, know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. In the name of Jesus, you might have a doctor's report. But that doctor's report will not bind you to your faith. Because your faith is not bound to a doctor's report. Your faith is bound to the truth of the word of God. So even though you receive a bad news, your heart still leaps with joy. You will make choices differently because you're bound to the risen Savior. You're bound to the truth. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. I hope I'm preaching to somebody here. And I hope these words are, are making sense to you in your heart. Because you see in verse 20 it says, In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man whose name is Jesus. Adam brought sin into the world. And Jesus brought redemption into the world. So much happened in between. But after Christ, everything is changed. Brother Jane and Sister Anita shared testimony. Many of you witnessed that. And many of you, for you, it's the reality as well. After Christ, everything has changed for us. But let me remind you something. Can you live under that changed, transformed mindset? Can you ask yourself that question? Because sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's so easy for us to walk away from God. It's so easy for a minute, for a minute, to just rely on earthly solutions. What do I mean by earthly solution? If you have a solution in your own mind and you think that's great and it's going to work out, that's an earthly solution. That's an earthly solution. If you think that somebody else gave you an idea and that's going to work out and you put your faith in that, that's an earthly solution. If you give authority to any principles and authorities and rulers of this world, you're giving power to earthly solutions. We are not called to do that, church. We are called to live under divine intervention. Yes, you live here on earth. Yes, there are people who are influ influencing your life, who are involved in your life. But your faith is not subjected to them. Hello? Your faith is subjected to God alone. I want to leave you this Sunday to go and eat biryani with this question. Where is your faith? Can we stand up? Where is your faith? Ask yourself this question. Where is your faith? Can you put right hand on your heart and say, where is my faith? Is it subjected to what is happening around me? Is my faith subjected to the fear that I have? Is my faith subjected to the uncertainty? Is my faith subjected to anxiety? Is my faith under the control of the sins of my past and the guilt and shame?
where is my faith? Because if Christ did not rise from the dead, then our faith is useless. If a faith is useless, we are the most pitiful people on earth. But the truth is, you and I, you can be 100% confident that our faith is not useless because Jesus rose from the dead and it is true. It is true. It is true. Can you repeat this after me? Lord, I believe. I am all in. I will follow you. I will walk with you with 100% faith. Forgive me, Lord, when I relied on earthly solutions, when I rejected your divine intervention just because of pain, just because of suffering, just because of my doubt, just because of my fear, I walked away from you. I am sorry, Lord. I am sorry for those times. Forgive me, Holy Spirit. Today, I make a decision that I will be all in for the glory of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Thank you for listening to our sermon today. Hope it is a blessing for you. If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash gift. We will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.